never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to Neff Inspiration, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another fantastic day. And today is a fantastic day because the sun is shining and I actually feel really good because I've got Brittany Carno with me. Brittany and me share kind of a similar transformation. Now, we heard loads about, about my transformation in the past with, with alcohol and PTSD, etc. But there is now a new transformation happening for many healthcare professionals me, I'm a hardcore anesthetist, you know, all the blood gore, etc. But here I am transforming into a functional medicine specialist and becoming far more holistic in my approach. And my guest today, Brittany, is exactly uh, on that same path of actually going from one side of the fence to explore the other side of the fence and therefore being able to bridge a divide, therefore being able to be far more holistic and far more efficient in the way that we can look after our patients, clients, guests, however we want to call them. So I can't wait to, to deep dive into this conversation. Brittany, welcome to my show. Thank you, Stefan. I'm so happy to be here. I've really been looking forward to connecting with you. Like you uh, said, we have some similarities in our background and I know exactly. that this is going to be such a great time. <laughs> now you, you initially uh, came up came onto the scene as an intensive care nurse. So you went through the hard, the hard work of actually becoming a nurse in the first instance, and then subspecializing in, into a very demanding time. Tell us a bit about that. It really is. I, you know, I started off initially with some pediatric and working in the heart department, like telemetry, and then went straight into ICU after I got my year experience. And as you can hear in the name, intensive care, it can be very intense. And I really loved it at first. Um, and I still have, you know, some fondness for it. Sometimes I'll think about going back and then I think about pushing a ICU bed all the way to CAT scan. And I remember that the fantasy will not be fulfilled when I go back to that place if I were to go there. But, you know, shortly after maybe a few years working in ICU, I realized that there's so much that we could do to prevent people from ending up in that case. And oh. so that's when I really started to want to shift gears. Oh, that's so beautifully said, isn't it? Um, because we see it again and again. Um, there is, I'm giving a bit of your powder away, but we about 80% of the medical diseases that doctors treat are directly related to uh, the lack of nutrition and the crap nutrition that we are putting into us and the lifestyle factors that we have let uh, oh, we have modified ourselves. Let's take the onus actually on us um, rather than the social engineering that no doubt has occurred over the last 50 years. Wow. So, I mean, you 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 fast-tracked here quite a bit, but having said that, 15 years in ICU um, leaves its trace. Um, and it, I remember a uh, a time when I was thinking about becoming an intensivist and I had worked six months in an ICU and one morning I came home after a night shift and I thought, oh, let's just watch a film. And I started watching Forrest Gump. And after five minutes, I started crying and I couldn't stop crying throughout the whole bloody film. 
So talk about burnout. Talk about um, having taken on all the death tragedy intensity. Wow. Um, so <laughs> I've I've put my cards on the table. Did you have similar experiences? I did. I feel like it fluctuates like for healthcare workers between like that super emotional and then just not caring about anything at mm -hmm. all. And I feel like when I worked in ICU, I would just go out and party. Like that was my gateway to deal with the stress of it and deal with past traumas. Mm. And it really did take us to, I work night shift as well at a time. And that's a whole other story working nights like that. I just felt like a weirdo <laughs> for a while. Like didn't know what, what I was supposed to be doing. It just felt really off working night shift, but yeah, definitely. Especially during the pandemic, I went back and worked in the ICU full-time after I had not worked full-time for a few years. And that really took a toll on my body. Like the stress of that, the stress of running my business and just, that constant fight or flight. Like mm -hmm. I ended up in a gastroenterologist office right outside of New York city during the pandemic. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm more stressed than I realize I am. Uh, oh, nicely. Stress is real. <laughs> nicely said because the issues lie in the tissues. There's no two ways around it. Um, when we live the lives to the fullest either in a positive way or far more common in a negative way, then uh, your body says, actually, really? Do you really want to do that? And it sends us little messages. <laughs> and yes. typically we don't listen, don't we? <laughs> and I would have like at that time, because this was the beginning of 21, mm -hmm. I would have said like, I'm doing great, right? I'm, was it the beginning of 21? Yeah, it was the beginning of 21. I'm doing well, right? I'm exercise. I eat pretty well. I meditate. I practice mindfulness. Like I had a solid self-care routine. And yet here I was with a, a minor GI bleed. And so I had the option to just say, oh, this is just coincidental or really hone in on the wisdom and say, what is my body trying to tell me right now? So, so true. <laughs> yeah. So true, isn't it? Oh, and you, you, the messages are there, but you, you're overriding them because you think you know better. Your ego is driving you. Or sometimes it's not the ego. Sometimes you know that you're actually doing far too much, but circumstances. Because if you suddenly, your one business or one way of living is no longer possible with COVID and you're forced to make money come in through a harder way and far more intense way where you know it's now time to put a nose to the grindstone you might choose to over uh, look or, or not listen to um, the messages that your body sends you and i love it that what you said here you looked after your hydration you looked after your your uh, the, the basic human needs that we typically forget the sleep yeah. the all those kind of things but you still ended up in trouble and that's what it's a it's a very common common scenario b is i mean what did you do i mean here you were you recognized those things what happened for me it really was a wake-up call and how much of my energy i was putting into work and mm. into my business mm. and that striving on such a high level and needing to perform 
that it really had me look at my values, look at my life even more and say like, is this really how I want to operate? And it also gave me the opportunity to look up at unprocessed trauma. And these were things I thought I, I had worked through, right? I did work through stuff that I didn't. And as we know, if we've uh, <laughs> been on this journey any amount of time, there's always layers. Uh, and so it was time to start peeling back and looking at other layers of the trauma. So that really, as hard as it has been at times, like I'm really grateful for the opportunity because now fast forward, I'm in a much better place than I was before that. So we can really use those hard times a lot of times to be in a better spot if we can work through it, you know, find that silver lining, even though sometimes in the middle of it, you may not recognize it. Couldn't agree more. And it's beautifully said. Um, it's just so hard for people to recognize that this is not just a platitude, not just a, a stupid saying, but it is actually truth um, that without those hard times, we do not appreciate the good times. Um, and, that's where many of us do wake up after trauma and live far more intentionally and live far more focused and do not take things for granted. This intentional living, I think this is the this is the gift that is the post-traumatic growth that is waiting for all of us if we just can readjust the way we are thinking away from this victim paradigm of all oh, poor me poor me towards okay the survivor first and then when the growth starts then you become the thriver and that's the beautiful thing yeah and that yeah. really was like for me it woke me up to like the importance of taking care of my nervous system mm. and like it put me on a whole other level of that self-regulation self-honoring yeah. but did you not and just I say wrote... you did that before you did the mindfulness you did all that well you know, what more can you do? <laughs> well, that's why I really believe you got to listen to your body, right? Instead of like, what's wrong with my body? <laughs> Recognizing, oh, no, my body is so wise and it's really giving me important information I need to pay attention to. Mm. And same thing, I, I, I believe in a way, if we keep having reoccurring things in our life, so fast forward in 21, I had something that I would say was like a pretty traumatic um, betrayal, really. Mm -hmm. And so again, an opportunity came out of it. Like it was tragic for me. And I was able to just really connect more deeply to myself, connect to my resiliency, look at the big picture, look at what beliefs were causing this, you know, to show up in my life again, mm. and really do even a much deeper mental, emotional and spiritual um, clearing, you know, through that trauma. So as hard as it had been, mm. I'm grateful for it. Cause I, I, and I would have told you at that time, I'm in a good, I'm in a good place. So it's not that we're not in good places but there's always like that room for I don't want to say always but majority of the time there's a room for growth and there's a room for like a higher level of healing has been my experience mm, very true very very true I I I experience similar waves of shit washing over my life um far more waves than I actually like to care um but um 
again this year uh, a major wave coming through and um, now I've ridden that wave I have not let it drown me I've, I've, I've you know I've surfed the wave and does it, the wave is now petering out and that's good and I think that's there's a nice saying even the darkest hour only has 60 minutes so all those kind of things that are happening in our lives they are they are temporary that that be an anxiety attack where your head is raising and your 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 breath is trying to keep up and your heart rate is, is, is ah, crazy give that 10 minutes give that some breathing exercises and suddenly things will calm down maybe 30 minutes maybe an hour yeah it will calm down and the moment you start learning more techniques to deal with that the the better you will become and the faster you can or the more you can shorten these waves and the more you can take the amplitude of the wave down and actually make it so much more bearable because you know you're more in control yeah and that attachment piece right not being attached to the suffering but also not being too attached to the enjoyment and pleasure of life as well it's like the impermanence so i try to remember okay there's all this will come this will go right this that. too shall pass whether it's like pure joy and fun or whether it's like oh uh, my gosh i'm really down in the dumps life is so hard it's no 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 no, no. but 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 if, when i look into the television they see i see young people and they drink a coke and they're fun and they're living and they're going out <laughs> nice see i just need to have another coke see it's so easy it's so easy <laughs> Yeah, it, it requires uh, showing up over and over and over again. That's definitely something I, with my clients, I'm like, pick something like we want to set these huge lofty goals. And like, I'm all about, you know, taking your life to the next level. I'm like, let's make sure we're doing like the basic things, right? We have to lay our foundation in life and be realistic. And another bottle of Coke's not going to take us there. <laughs> Good, I it agree. does. It's not going to last long. Well, to share, to share the, the sugar <laughs> rush, this artificial bliss. But that is it's what we are. you there, then just drop back down. Oh, and down, down, down. Yeah. The, the problem is, though, that is what society has been conditioned to believe in that this is immediate satisfaction, immediate this, immediate that. And I think there is a, there is, oh, to even stop on the rat race is nowadays becoming, I think, more difficult. Um, having said that, luckily, people like you are out there and through your own experiences have recognized the need to do so. But you had already done it. As I come back to that point, you you said you had a very, very good self-care routine. And that is far better than far, the vast majority of people <laughs> I know. Okay, So still, you were in trouble. So first of all, what are the key foundations? What are the pillars of your self-care routine that you think are absolutely as important as breathing? Well, definitely breath. I'm a huge uh, person to say, you got to do those deep belly breathing. You got to mm -hmm. like know your breath, know your breath, you know yourself, you can really drop into the present. Yeah. So that's huge. Uh, for me, really breath work is moving like, like, movement of some sort like I need to move my body I know that I used to be depressed and it wasn't really until I regularly exercised for say once I stuck with it consistently because I had all 
most of my life I've been active, but that consistency piece was <laughs> missing from the equation. Yeah. So about six months after consistently moving my body, I was not waking up with like such intense sadness. So to me, like I know for so many reasons for my physical health, but also my mental and emotional health, I need to move my body connecting with people like even if you're an introvert I love my alone time but I know that I need to be around people that it's an essential part of my well-being nutrition I could eat better (laughs) you know but really trying to eat nourishing foods a majority of the time and enjoying what you eat I think that to Mm. me that's so important to enjoy what you're eating as well that's true and that mindfulness that meditation piece that practicing being in your life in the moment not judging it that's something that I try to really live by and practicing compassion compassion to others compassion to myself and questioning my thoughts like that's something that I do regularly, you know, we take our mind, we take our thoughts, like it's a fact. (laughs) That's like the way it is. And our mind will tell us so many things that are Mm -hmm. a bunch of crap. And so really questioning my Mm -hmm. mind on a regular basis. Beautifully said. Oh, so easy. <laughs> I was making a joke yesterday out of it. I walked in, uh, into, I had delivered one patient uh, into recovery. So I came back into theater and two nurses were sort of, and then stopped talking when I walked in. And I thought, okay, oh, that is clearly about yeah, they're me. they're talking about me. And that's yeah, clear. And I, I spelled it out like that in a, in a self-depreciating way. This is clearly about me and I need to take that immediately personal. <laughs> and of course it was not. It was something completely yeah. different. But yeah, exactly. it was just it was just good fun to, to sometimes pull your own, your, your own socks up and actually say, because that was immediately what went through my mind. And then I verbalized yeah. it and it became clear by me putting it out there. <laughs> we like, all oh, we man. all laughed and then it, it got on with it. And it was just beautiful. So sometimes it's quite good to, to have that self-awareness that these are the, the, the stupid oh, yeah. voices in our head that are so powerful. Man, oh, yeah, I recognize it. like, okay, that's the inner critic or this, <laughs> this is a story I'm telling myself. Is it true? And then I'll, uh, there's so much power in pausing. Like I've added pauses into my life, like pausing, breathing. How do I, do I want to respond to this so that I'm not just in reaction mode all the time? Nice. Uh, so that's like essential in my self-care wellness kit. You know, those are like the fundamentals for me. And then go back to, because I know that, you know, you talk a lot about sobriety on your show, going back to when I was having all those stomach issues. Also, I was drinking quite a bit of alcohol (laughs) at that time, right? During Mm -hmm. the pandemic and before the pandemic, right? The alcohol was a thing that was part of my life since I was 13 years old. And the older I got, the less it became part of my life and really that year of 21 it just became more and more clear that it didn't align with my definition of health it didn't align with with me really and i think that that was such a huge gift that came through with that with that betrayal that came through with the gi bleed that came through with like realizing oh my gosh i have all this trauma still that needs some tlc here was wait, I also don't need to use alcohol to run from all this. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, having said that, uh, talking about the alcohol, what did the alcohol give you when you were 13 well, as a teenager? Still- <laughs> 
The story I had around this was that it gave me fun. Uh, It gave me fun and it gave me like just a good time. That was my story around alcohol. And then when I really started deciding not to drink, I read this book, um, How to Quit Drinking the Easy Way. Have you read that one or heard of it? Heard, yes, read, no. So it's like he hypnotizes you in this book and just tells you all of the stories you're telling yourself about alcohol are not really true. Like, do you and can you have fun without alcohol? Yes. Like, can you relax and be in the moment without alcohol? Yes. And then he goes into like all of the science of how it's actually such a toxin and doesn't actually do all these things and how it does the exact opposite. And it's so clear throughout the book that by the end, I already wasn't interested in really drinking, but I wanted to make sure I really convinced myself though. Um, By the end of the book, I was like, wow, like it just, it just lines it all out so easily for you. So it made it a lot easier for me to just continue on that path. Nice, 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 nice. Good. And sometimes you need that exactly that uh, quick, aha, that's why. Um, And that can be so powerful. And I think again, coming back then to you as a as a woman who is now helping others to get clarity in their head, it's often this this focused intervention where we just spell out the truth in a clearly understandable language um, and just laid effects on the table and sometimes that can be as quick as five minutes and the the you see the light going on in in your patients and your clients and you think aha okay a seed is planted and that is so beautiful and that is so wonderful Ah, uh, but you didn't just stop there. I mean, okay, we we talked about the basics, the pillars of self care, um, and I think that, uh, since most of the people listening are probably not doing that, guys, this was gold. Okay, this is this is the basics. This is like like breathing. Um, that needs to be part of your life. And if of you course, don't drink water, uh, yeah, true that hydration. We didn't we didn't actually go in there, but these are the five things. And guys, um, I put a lot of videos out there um, that are basically by the time that that this video is, uh, our interview is going out, I've put it all uh, on the website. So check it out. Um, the reality is, though, sometimes there is more. So you've you've done the the exploration of the of your emotions you've done the exploration of trauma previous trauma um but there are other things out there other other ways of healing other ways of of expanding that you tapped into tell us a little bit about that journey so for me inner child healing has been huge along the way like going back to those younger years of myself and really i call it like a sacred reparenting so that's something that I do myself, like going back to past experiences and really like seeing what I needed during that time. What did that younger part of me have to say? Mm. What was she experiencing? And then being the space for her, right? Being there, it might sound crazy if people are listening and they're like, I have no idea what she's talking about. But it's really like this part of our brain, right? A part of our subconscious from previous years that had unmet needs. And when, there's no way anybody could ever meet all our needs, right? We don't meet all of our own needs, um, you know, all of the time. And so that's been really huge in my healing journey. I like to guide clients through that as well. It's really profound for them to really start to have that, like more of a wholesome connected relationship with themselves. 
Yeah. And then something else I love. Oh, go ahead. So it sounds beautiful like that. And and I often feel a, a feeling of jealousy of, of envy when it comes to, to my guests saying that. When I think back, I can barely remember anything in the first four years. And then I've got sort of snippets, maybe five, six snippets of memories until I'm maybe 10. So yet I know that in the first seven years, a lot of the core beliefs as warped and, and bad as they are in my head were laid down. So how the hell can I go back and figure something out if I can't remember? Sometimes in that meditative state, right, it's important with any kind of healing work to feel safe and mm -hmm. like have those resources to make sure that you're able to create internal and physical safety. So that's like foundational as well, whether that's through breath, whether that's through grounding techniques, Yeah. these, these, you know, you need to have that in place. You need to feel safe to be able to go, go there, but being in that hypnotic or meditative state, you might be surprised of things that happen. And even when I'm working with myself and with clients, we don't remember our memories exactly how they the event actually was, right? We it's we interpret everything, our mind fills in gaps. So it's not necessarily so much about the specifics every time. It can be more about the generalization. And then if you have something in present day that's, let's say, really pushing your buttons, you're like, I don't know why I respond so much to that. Like, let's say this, and you're like, you freaked out about it. Let's say when they were whispering, you like had a, you threw your stuff down and you went in the bathroom and you cried, right? It might be like, mm -hmm. okay, that's a big response to that. Mm -hmm. That could be information that in the past, there was a past hurt. And when you go back and reflect on it, maybe you remember like, oh yeah, when I was 13, mm -hmm. my friends were like, ditched me, right? And I felt such like an outsider. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But like, even just being able to be open that there was probably a time where I experienced hurt, this kind of feeling and bringing that curiosity piece and then really meeting the need of like what you need, like, Hey, I got you. I'm here with you. Um, it's okay. If other people talk about you, it doesn't even matter what, like whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So I think I would say it's not necessarily so important that you remember those things and just trusting the process. Wow. Okay. No, that's actually a very valid point there. Very good point. Um, and again, it is those responses that come out of your subconscious this kind of you flying off the handle you being triggered by a person why is that why not just the it's i love it how you you put the emphasis on the magnitude of the response that you've just displayed um yeah. that is practice curiosity the, ooh, i like that Ooh, be curious mm, i like i like yeah. i like i like <laughs> Okay, so no, it's food for thought and food for for my own growth here. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, exactly. But yeah, here you are. We we talked about the, the expiration of your of the childhood trauma, essentially, or trauma in your in in the later years. But there's also trauma that has happened even before you were born. Um, there is, there are other things that, that, uh, impact you, um, you explored many other parts of growth. Um, how did you go there? 
And I mean, here you are. I mean, an intensive care nurse, you know, hard and fast rules come on here. To, oh, how did I go to like even caring about transformation and healing? Is that what you mean? Exactly. Exactly right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was at a crossroads, uh, another one, <laughs> about 10 years ago. And I was Miss Party Girl, living it up, working in ICU, hanging out with my friends all the time, but also really questioning what is the meaning of life? Like, what is really the meaning of life? What is the value of life? Like, the patterns that I was running, I'm like, I've been doing this for a while now, you know, like, and I had a friend at the time who was doing a lot of like deep inner healing. And he would ask me, what do you want for your life? And so I really got in that question of what do I really want for my life? And it started, you know, I started dreaming again. And I had the option to go to this big festival. Uh, I'm in Florida in the States, like big, like concerts and pools and beaches and party all weekend or to go to this life transformation training. So I said, you know what, if I want to have a different path, maybe I should actually try something different this weekend. And I did. And like from there, my life just like things just drastically elevated. Things just became so much more awesome. I became accountable. I became like the director of my life instead of being like, how do I end up in these bad relationships over and over and over again? Like these guys. And I was like, oh no, this girl, <laughs> like she's not the one picking these guys. And this is why I am. And so, so many things came to light and I just, honestly, it fueled my soul. And from there on, I just have been on this path of like, so much is possible. I don't have to be defined by my past. So anybody who wants to listen, I'm always open to like sharing with them. Yeah. You are not limited by your circumstances. We can change this. This is, we're powerful. So that really was like my pivot of like, holy crap, I can do so many other things. And shortly after that is when I started my business as well. So I'm like, oh, I want to help people do this. This is so awesome that we, because I didn't know that that was even possible. This was, you know, 10, 11 years ago, we didn't, we had podcasts, we had the internet, of course, but not to the extent that we have it now, exactly. or at least not in my world, right? I, I was just blind to it. It wasn't on my radar, but now yeah. once it became on my radar, I just kept going. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. So you had this, this weekend of, of uh, insights of, uh, of an eye opener kind of a thing. But then that's one thing to to have this this kind of momentary oh wow that's brilliant I mean how many people do a uh, do similar courses how many people go to a Tony Robbins or do to any kind of other high ticket items spend thousands of dollars and are infused just as infused as they are on the first <laughs> of January I will drop two hundred kilogram of weight and I will do I don't know I oh, will yeah. make. Two million in the first ten days, you know. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, what's the difference? Um, where are you? Why are you different now compared with all those first <laughs> of January? Or I this, think this... what was so yeah, what was so impactful about the coaching that I received. And was that it was somatic in nature. It wasn't just me sitting there receiving all of this information. Like they really had us experience how we show up in life, experience like 
what we've gone through is a very experiential process mm. and I stuck with it. Like had I just did the the program and said, okay, bye. Like it would have been very limited. I think it was like, and I realized that because I thought after the, because there was, this was a three part program. I thought after the first one, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I fixed everything I never had wrong with me. <laughs> Air quotes wrong with me. Right. Um, but I'm like, oh, I got, I got this whole life thing figured out. And then as you know, you leave and life is life and there you are. And so I realized, oh, this is like a journey. Like this is a whole thing. This is a lifestyle. And if I really want to learn this on a deep level, I need to keep showing up. And that's really what I've done ever since then is like, oh, this is a lifelong journey and just keep, you know, investing in well-being. And I'm so grateful that I did. It's been a huge life changer. And I see how it's affected positively people in my life too. So that's the thing, whenever we, you know, whenever we do this work, it ripples out. And like we were talking about before the show, right? We can really change our world around us. And those people can go, we change the world that way. And that's the power that we all have got, every single one around us. We all have got the same amount of seconds in the day. We all have got the same dreads, fears, anxieties, um, some of us uh, feeling them far harsher and far more than others. But we all have got the ability to refocus, to reprogram ourselves, to uh, stop think, to stop feel, um, to actually uh, just realize that there is more out there and that we are not the bearded lady in the in the uh, the circus but that we can be the ringmaster and i like that um that is a very powerful insight you've got there and you what i love even more is you said earlier several times the word consistency because you didn't just do one weekend and then say, see, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I went to, I went to the gym once. See, I'm fit. I'm fit now. Exactly. Right. Like I did, I did 15 bicep curls. And I'm in the best shape of my life. Like exactly. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> so is there, is there, I mean, here you are, I see you girl, um, you know, this, uh, how much dopamine do we dial up? How much adrenaline and, and let's intubate him. You know, okay. That's, that's easy. And now suddenly you're thinking about chakras. You're thinking about energy <laughs> healing. You're thinking about uh, the, the life forces. <laughs> how, did you, yeah. how, how, how did you bring that together? Oh, let me tell you, Stefan, the first time I heard any of this stuff, I was in a spiritual workshop over the weekend. It was like, you know, part, probably like three months from when I started and the spiritual teacher said something about like the throat chakra and the thyroid. And I was pissed off. I was like, this is bull crap. These people <laughs> don't know a single thing. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I tell you what really shifted things for me though. At that time from probably about 13 years old, and let's say this, I was like 26, 27. So about for, for, for about 13 years, I had horrible gastritis. I'll pop Prilocyte, Tums, uh Zantac, like multiple acids on a daily basis. Like I live with severe gastritis. My 
endoscopy was negative. He's like, your stomach might be a little long, but it looks fine. And I'm like, no, dude, I have serious gastritis. So I start doing this healing work. I start processing and working through shame, like realizing I'm not the bearded lady that I'm like, everyone has crap. All humans have all kinds of stuff, whether it's like the doctor, the CEO, the 19 year old kid, like, oh, we all have a lot that's very similar in a lot of ways. My gastritis went away. And for me, it was like, oh yeah, we did learn about that, like psychosomatic um, stuff in psych in, in school. I'm like, that is so real. Like, this is so real. And from there, it really opened me up because I had my own personal experience of this. Oh, everything is connected. And that's kind of when the light bulb went off, like, oh, it's really, we're all, all of our, that's connected. Our thoughts, our emotions, yeah so it blew my mind and and then now here i'm like oh your chakras your energy <laughs> your thoughts carry a vibration whereas That's... before i would have been like this is bullcrap and now what i love and i appreciate is that there's science to back up all this stuff as well and there probably exactly. was science then but it's just becoming stronger and stronger that exactly this is legit real yeah. And I, I always compare it with with um, let's say someone who was in a in in a deep dark cave for the last fifty years, and nowadays he's coming out, and 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 we are saying, oh, yeah, that's normal here. That is a that little box there. Um, if I just tap in there, um, in about ten minutes, a man will come and deliver us a pizza. Um, and you know, uh, <laughs> so and he said, "What? <laughs> and what do you yeah. mean? What do you mean Wi-Fi? I can't see that. I, uh, you know, how? Uh, right. So we take so many things for granted. You are absolutely that is that thing lives with many of us. We use it all the time. We don't know yeah. exactly how that works. Mm -hmm. At least I know. Well, exactly. My cell phone connect me to somebody all the way across the world. Exactly. But yet I use it and I know it works. <laughs> that's that's it. Yet, yet we have got often these kind of barriers that we often put up and say, no, that's bullshit. I don't like that. Um, often these barriers have something something really mm, um how shall i say that for example um i know someone who is a very strong christian and uh in this person's community they say yoga oh that's the devil's work yoga is the devil um because it, yeah and you sort of think hey um so there are barriers that often are put up there i mean what would you tell someone like that person I like to like have it make sense in that person's perspective in a way. So like how they're seeing yoga and then, well, what do you think about moving your body? Don't they say in the Bible breath is life? Mm. Like, isn't it about like seeing the good in others mm. and, you know, practicing living in the moment and trusting the, you know, the process and spreading love in the world. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Christian. You know, I believe in that. But and so having them see the similarities mm. and also allowing people to have their experience and not trying to change anybody's mind. It never works mm. to try to change mm. any anyone's mind. Mm. Or just tell them, go try Christian yoga, because there sure is a Christian yoga training, too. So it brings in the, mm -hmm. that biblical act at, um, information, right, for people. So Exactly, exactly. But I think and once people can expand their awareness, too, 
and mm-hmm. say like, oh, I'm looking at Christianity like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at yoga like this. What if mm-hmm. I was to open mm-hmm. up and exactly. see that they're not mm-hmm. so, that I can have yeah. both in my yeah. life. Yeah. And in reality, I mean, when I look at yoga, there is there is this kind of, of more the, the traditional forms of yoga where there is the sun salute, where is um, sort of a, a certain, you know, things that you could say, well, actually you're, 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 talking to a different deity and uh, that's incompatible with that but don't you think that in in life i mean when you go like that like that or like that don't you think that's a nice stretch and it makes you feel good don't could you not say that actually i'm i'm thanking god or i am doing you know you can rephrase things tremendously yeah that's what i do a lot i try to Mm. make it like when i'll teach to a group of people Mm. i'm like whatever you're I, like if I talk about spirituality, I'm like, whatever mm. that is for you. Mm. For some people, it's nature. For some people, it's God. For some people, mm. it's Buddha. For some mm. people, it's just showing up in life and being a good person. Mm. And you get to, to have that definition. Like, I'm not here to tell you what it is. Mm. Like, keep that. That's yours. And so I think giving per- people permission to stay with what's true for them is really important. That's really nicely said, isn't it? Because it's it's not uh, my uh, my imaginary best friend is better than your imaginary best friend. It's more you have got your belief system that has sustained you or maybe held you back. Whatever it is, it is your belief system. But let's work with that. And let's actually see that we find common ground. And the common ground are the messages from your body that are shouting, stop that madness. Because that's the reason that you're here. That's the reason you guys are listening to this podcast or watching this video. Because Listen something <laughs> <laughs> exactly there is something going on in your in your life where you think, well, actually, I think I could be a better human being. I just don't know yet how to go about it. And that's the that's the power of of someone like you, Pratini, who is going out there, someone who who can bridge the divide you can see if there is a medical thing going on and you might point someone to say look before you do any more stretches out you go straight to the gp straight to the family yeah i had somebody (laughs) telling me what's going on with their husband and she wanted me to see him um for like a functional fitness screening and i'm like he needs to go for a cat scan first sure enough he ended up having back surgery (laughs) she's like thank you so much for that recommendation i'm like yeah. <laughs> I remember as a little little baby doctor in Germany, um, I was doing night shifts as a as a as a nurse. We'd be sort of intertrained at that time. Uh, I was doing night shifts in an oncology ward, so cancer ward. Um, and I, I got talking to one of the patients, and she said, Yeah, yeah. I went, uh, I asked her, Well, how did what were your symptoms? What how did you find your cancer? And she said, Well, I, I had no symptoms, but I thought I'd go to an iris diagnostic kind of person to see uh, to see uh, you know by my spirits and blah 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 and (laughs) this person looked into her eyes and said you go right now to the doctor you go right now and that was how this this person's um uh life-threatening disease was diagnosed by someone who didn't just look into the oh yeah yeah yeah, let's let's do the energy here or let's do the i don't know what whatever else there is let's do a bit of acupuncture for six months by which time the patient would have been dead um it's 
it's those kind of things. So it's the beautiful bridging the divide that is so important. And yeah, intertwining them and working together instead of this, yeah, another division mm. that we've created between traditional medicine and Western medicine. Mm. Like, no, these can complement each other Absolutely. and work together. This doesn't Absolutely. have to be one or the other or war no. against each other. Nope. No, 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 no. And I think that's the key message here. Uh, I think if if someone just rolls their eyes uh, when you see some, when you say a certain thing, just make sure that you have understood that that rolling of the eyes as a correct message, and just clarify that that nonverbal communication feedback was actually his disgust about anything that is not a tablet or a knife. Um, and if you don't tick like that, then maybe he might not be your right partner in this path forward. Um, if he's, however, the only oncologist uh, in town, then you better listen to the guy um, and or the only surgeon in town. And he says, look, because of that, you need that. Then, OK, go along here. But you might bring on another team member or team members that can support you. Just as much as you would maybe as a Christian would go to the church um, and use healing prayer or something like that to support your your spirituality. Well, just as much there might be um, a uh, a person, a coach um, who is looking after your spirit, after maybe another one after your mind, different people. So therefore, explore what is important to you and stop pause as you said pause. it <laughs> pause frequently pause. that's right yes. and advocate and, for yourself right we have yeah. to advocate for ourselves yeah yeah, yeah. ask well, questions look for answers get the expert help and there's a nice saying if you surround yourself with six millionaires you're going to be a millionaire if you surround yourself with six you can put anything in here that you want. You're going to be it. If you are oh, surrounding yourself good. with six doubters, um, six naysayers, well, guess what? You will never get anywhere. Um, so I think it is, uh, we all have got the ability to put together teams. And I want to have a power oh. team in which I'm the dumbest member of the team. Um, yes, that's I want... important. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> have, like the people you can learn from around you. <laughs> exactly, and I and, and I guess that's that's where where people are coming to my show. That's where people are coming to you. So, if uh, Brittany, you're an amazing woman. If people sort of gel with with what you are saying and want to find more out more about you, um, where can they find you? Yes, thank you, Stefan. Um, I'd say my website's the best place because then you can connect to me on social. You can reach mm. out to me personally on there and it's holisticnursecoaches.com. So wow. let's make sure it's an ES at the end of coaches. Very good. And look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast because you've got all her information there. Brittany, you're an amazing woman. You're on on an, uh, a beautiful trajectory, on a beautiful um, uh, path. And you're just a bit further down the line than so many of, of the, the listeners and viewers. Um, so we invite you cordially to come along onto the path there. But uh, where is your path taking you? Because who, my path? Yeah, who do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> 
So somebody planted this beautiful seed at the beginning of the year about public speaking. Mind you, that was a class I didn't do well in in college. I used to be terrified to speak in public. And when she presented that to me, like my soul lit up. I was like, yes, I love talking. And I have an important message. And I really, those traumas I mentioned that happened in the last few years were really, I'm like, people need to know about this. And so public speaking connecting with more people and then working within corporations and working within the healthcare system, because I see, you know, Mm. that need there and that there really is such an opportunity for reconciliation, right. For changing the way things are going, healing, and that support is so needed. So Mm. working with healthcare workers so that they can take care of their well-being and therefore, you know, do what they're here to do. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, guys, when you're listening here, just like check down there, get your details and get in touch because we, I strongly believe we can make this world a better place. It bloody well needs our help right now, this world. Um, the divide is getting stronger. Uh, let it be in, in religious beliefs. Let it be in, in social uh, problems. Let it be climate uh, issues. We need to work together and we can't change it all and we can't change it right now. But to just sit back and say, oh, well, we're all doomed. Well, I don't buy into that. I believe that right now we have got a lot of space for compassion, for empathy, for for us going out there and making changes within us to start off with. And with these changes, you might become the light in the darkness for someone else. You might be the person that puts a smile on someone's face who was otherwise utterly desperate and without hope. And that is power. That is That puts you already outside of the victim uh, position, outside even of the survivor, but it actually makes you a thriver because you begin to give, you, you begin to grow. And imagine you do that every day. I call it a five-minute gardener. Imagine you've got a garden and every day you will spend five minutes in your garden. Never less, never more, but every day, five minutes. Can you imagine that after two, three weeks, uh, your garden looks very different? That after two, three months, your neighbors will look over the, 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 the fence and will think, what the hell? And after six months, you've probably got tour buses coming through and showing your garden. Okay. Like, Whose garden is that? <laughs> that's right. And that's five minutes. Imagine you do five minutes every day on your finances, five minutes every day on your relationship with your significant other. Um, in more most important, five minutes a day with the relationship with this significant other with yourself. <laughs> How about that? And I think that is the moment I said that I actually realized, do I do five minutes with myself? No, I don't. So now you start. Today you start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Funny day. The day the day. <laughs> Brittany, you're an amazing woman. So thank you. So I got shitloads oh, of insights so today. I learned. Oh, a I lot. love connecting with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Brilliant. It's great to connect with you. Absolutely. And you guys out there, look after yourself and live with passion. Okay. Bye. I never give up, I never give up, I never give up, turn around.